that's a growler. Welcome to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we break down and analyze Beauty and the Beast, one toady swinging minute at a time. I'm Bobby. And I'm Janae. And we are your hosts for Beauty and the Beastly Minute. Welcome back to another Monday here with us. We're glad you're here. Uh, We are excited to again be talking about Beauty and the Beast. I feel like I'm saying that a lot today. Well, it's what we're talking about, so that's okay. It is what we're talking about. <laughs> and today we will be talking about Minute 26, which starts off with LeFou saying, pull yourself together. And then he starts singing and ends with more singing and people swinging LeFou around. This is our second song in the movie, huh? No, it no, 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 no. It's, it's our third. Not. What was the second? Bell reprise? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the bell song. Okay. Okay, so there's Bell, Bell Reprise, and this is the third one, right? uh, Yes, this is called Gaston. This one is pretty long. It's going to take up a few minutes, everyone, so be prepared. You'll be spending the next part of your week listening to us talk about a song. But not really, because there's a lot to talk about here that's not the song. I mean, the minutes are very full of stuff. (laughs) Definitely. Although, honestly, this is probably my least favorite song in the movie. Oh, what? I love this song. Everyone says that, and I just, I mean, I like it. I don't necessarily have a huge problem with it, but it's far from being my favorite. I just, I don't know. Everyone thinks that Gaston is just really funny, or I don't know. But I just... Never really liked Gaston, so, I mean, not my favorite. All that work to make him likable, and you don't like him. Well, I mean, when I was a kid, I was definitely very much into, I mean, the good guy wins, bad guy's bad kind of thing. And so, now, I see the evil characters as, like, the fun ones to play in shows and stuff. (laughs) I'm like, hmm, Ursula would be fun. Hmm, who else would be fun? But, I don't know. When I was a kid, not so much. It's kind of interesting how that works out, that the uh, the, the villains or the bad guys are, you know, the annoying characters. I'm thinking specifically of The Office. Um, when, I first started, <laughs> when I first started watching that, I was pretty young. And I was always like... Ah, Michael is so annoying. Like, why is he in this? And then, you know, obviously I realized that, you know, he was the main driving force behind the show and why it was so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at first I was like, you know, this is about Jim. It's Jim's show. And like, he should be the main character. And I didn't understand like why Steve Carell was getting all these other movie parts. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's definitely the part that uh, that's a little harder to play. That takes more talent to to do mm-hmm. and i think it's that way with a lot of a lot of movies yeah um i don't know why that is because i don't act but maybe you. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know i think i mean so i'm i'm not exactly the ingenue type when it comes to acting uh, do you know what an ingenue is i don't is? know what you're talking about okay <laughs> 
Okay, for a second, I was about to ask, do you know what an ingenue is? And then I was like, maybe that's an insulting thing to ask. I don't know. <laughs> okay, but you don't know. So an ingenue, is, there's like different types of characters within different stories and things. So the ingenue is basically the young, pretty girl who basically Belle is the ingenue of our show. Let me think. Pretty much every Disney princess. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Especially, like, Snow White would be an ingenue. Anyway, regardless, moving on. It's like this young, pretty girl who doesn't know so much, but she is taken under someone's wing, and the handsome man falls in love with her, and they live happily ever after. I'm usually, like, the character kind of person, where I'm, like, the quirky best friend, or... The weird sister who dances ballet and makes candies and or I mean, I don't know, weird stuff like that. That Or like the evil character or, oh, I've done lots of maids. I've been the maid a lot of times. Hmm. So character ones are sometimes smaller, less prominent parts, but they often add a lot to the story. Right. You know, which is kind of what LeFou does here in this minute. Yes. Tying it back in, <laughs> which is interesting because there is in I should go look it up. But in the different archetypes of classical theater characters, there is a character that is under the title of the fool. So lots of archetypes going on here. Dun, dun, dun. Mm hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, one of the first things that I thought was really, uh, I don't know if it's funny or ironic, but LeFou starts singing to Gaston, and he's, like, manhandling him in all these weird ways that are, like, things you would do to a kid, I feel like. So he, like, forces him to have a smile with his hands, and then <laughs> yes. he... He, like, ruffles his hair and, like, squishes his cheeks. And I was like, what is going on? I don't really understand that, but I think it's a little interesting that this guy is trying to cheer up this manly man who's throwing a temper tantrum. And he is literally physically doing things that you would do to a little child who has temper tantrums. Well, and I feel like this kind of plays into uh, what we talked about previously, um, that LeFou might be, you know, in this moment of Gaston's failure, taking his opportunity to kind of make fun at him and poke fun at him. So he's he's trying to cheer him up. But at the same time, he's doing stuff that is kind of like, hey, you're being a little baby right now. But, you know, <laughs> the words and some of his actions are, hey, I'm just trying to serve you and help you feel better. Uh, but, yeah, he's. You know, giving him a little chuck on the shoulder and playing with his face and, uh -huh. you know, he, he's all over him. And, and you can tell Gaston is getting, like, more and more angry. So part of me is like, okay, uh, LeFou is trying to get in his punches where he can without provoking the beast in Gaston. But then, you know, everything he's doing is making Gaston more angry. And he has to understand that that's happening. So is he doing it? to try to make Gaston angry and explode because he knows that will make Gaston feel better? Or is he just trying to get away with as much as he possibly can before Gaston explodes because he knows he's going to eventually, and so he's going to be hurt anyway? Well, 
Okay, so when I watched this, I didn't exactly think that Gaston was getting more and more angry. I mean, he looked definitely very annoyed the whole time to me, but um, I think he was just kind of like, I don't know, just annoyed and indifferent in a way, and he was like, ugh, this guy, I have to put up with this jerk or this stupid guy who is trying to cheer me up but doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know. I guess I never really thought he was getting angrier, per se, because where does it switch from if he's getting more and more angry, where does it switch to all of a sudden he starts singing along? Well, that's that's part of the progression of the minute, because um, LeFou starts messing with him and, like, touching him and, you know, being physically, I guess, affectionate, maybe? I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, but he starts, you know, physically touching Gaston and... and poking him and stuff and we saw before whenever LeFou like hugged onto his leg that's when you know he got punched in the face um and the mm. same thing happens here LeFou starts messing with him and you get that very satisfying punch sound as Gaston slugs him in the face the first time <laughs> nope the first time right um, this happens so many times <laughs> in this yeah song. and so as we progress through the minute like in the beginning you see that he LeFou just keeps messing with Gaston and Gaston gets like more and more angry and starts hitting him. And I think that is kind of the turning point where he's frustrated that what he wanted didn't work out. And then LeFou sees this and kind of makes him angry to the point where he starts to get it out of his system physically. And then once mm. he starts punching and beating up on people, you know, and that's he when starts he starts to feel, to feel better. better. <laughs> and at the same time, you've got oh, this sad. song where everybody's saying, you're such an amazing guy. And, you know, all these things that are building up his ego and making him feel better again. Are just tearing everyone else down? Yes. Oh, man. So. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I have been thinking uh, as I've been reviewing these minutes is LeFou's trying to get him to either, either LeFou's trying to get in as many hits as he can because he knows Gaston's going to blow up anyway, or he's trying to get him to that point because LeFou knows he's just going to be upset and moody until he explodes and gets it out of his system and beats everybody up and feels better about himself. Right, right. Crazy. <sighs> LeFou, LeFou, a man of many talents, I feel like. So he is a wedding planner and he's also a ballet dancer, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the? He does a pirouette. Pirouette. Oh, my goodness. Pirouette. <laughs> I can talk. He does a pirouette in two different directions. Have you ever tried to do a pirouette? I have not. Um, I tried to do. Well, I've tried to do them. They are not easy. They're very hard. And first of all, it's generally easier and more natural to twirl one way than another way which it'll depend on who you are but twirling both ways one right after another is nuts there's no way i could ever do that and then he does this like <laughs> toe pop thing while he's like holding onto the pillar and then he yeah. like does this front toe point with a ballet arm in first position and then he does this leap and i'm like what the they must have really been into ballet, the artists who were drawing this, because they said that they also based a lot of Bell's movements on ballet movements. So I'm starting to wonder if that's a theme. 
It probably is. And I, you know, I have a note in here about the dance and I just said he starts doing a silly dance. So it's obviously not as in-depth as your analysis. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's interesting that right before he starts doing that in second 15 is when he goes up and like squishes Gaston's face. Uh, but before he gets to the squish, he, he goes up behind him and like slaps him on the back and Gaston you know, has a very surprise, you know, he's very surprised by this. You can tell by his face. And I'm not sure if he's surprised slash angry because someone dared to hit him or because <laughs> LeFou is actually, you know, a strong little guy. His his hands are pretty big. So yep. kinda, that's the first impression I got was that he was surprised, like, wow, that actually kind of hurt. And then he gets mad. And then, you know, LeFou goes off and, and does a silly dance, I guess, to kind of break up the uh, tension, the tension a little bit. <laughs> and that's when he starts uh... the... Uh, the song guest on hmm interesting and as he's doing that but we have another guy here he pulls the belt off his pants and we have those those lovely heart underwear again your favorite heart undies i know what is up with those (laughs) things are those like the only things available in the town (laughs) probably apparently maybe somebody bought way too much of that particular fabric and they were like what the heck are we gonna do with this I know. <laughs> Let's make underwear with it. We'll get rid of it. They probably have like a storeroom full of them that they can't sell. <laughs> or everyone in that tavern is wearing them. It's possible. I kind of get the, the the vision in my head of like every guy in the town is just wearing heart underwear. That's just what you wear. <laughs> That's all there is. Were Maurice's hearts or were they polka dots? I know they were white and pink. Oh, yeah. They were polka dots, I think. Oh. It, I think it was uh, the guy from Aladdin that had the hearts. Yes, he had small hearts, I think. That's funny. So, <laughs> yeah. Those uh, Disney heart underwear coming back. <laughs> Man. Okay, I want to take a moment to appreciate the casks in the back of this tavern behind the bar. They are massive. Yes. Like, not just big, not just huge, they're massive they go from like a f- probably a few feet off the ground i don't know maybe three feet off the ground yeah to the ceiling <laughs> and there's at least four of them there are let me see i think i'm counting six. Oh my goodness six yeah and i'm not sure how high the ceiling is in this room but it's it's definitely a higher ceiling because you're assuming most of these guys are probably like around five feet so you've probably got a 10 to 12 foot ceiling which means if that's three, 12. So these are like eight to nine foot in diameter each oh cast. <gasps> that's nuts. So uh, they've got, you know, giant taps on each of them. So. Well, apparently that's the thing to drink over there. Which there weren't uh, good enough labels to read on each of them. But in a later minute, we'll see that they are, that at least one of them is full of ale. So I'm Ooh. assuming they are drinking ale. What exactly is ale? I do not know. <laughs> But it's not beer and it's, you know, not wine. Oh, man. It just goes to show how much we know about alcohol. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. (laughs) Ale. Ale is a type of beer brewed using a warm fermentation method. There you go. Resulting in a sweet, (laughs) full-bodied, and fruity taste. Historically, the term referred to drink brewed without hops, whatever hops are. They're like little grain things. Oh. I love Google. Just saying. That took me like two seconds. <laughs> so. Good times. Good times. Part of this song is, well, and part of, of this movie 
is that there are phrases and words that I did not understand as a child. <laughs> and I, I think that happens a lot in Disney movies as I'm watching them again older. You know, they're things you don't catch as a kid. But then there are a lot of words and stuff that you just kind of gloss over because they're not used anymore or like just not used commonly. And so as a kid, you just kind of gloss over them because you don't know what it means and you just follow the gist of the song. <laughs> and some of them, I could never uh, I could never tell what they were saying, oh, which yeah. is what happened with uh, Cogsworth a few minutes back. But here, uh, one of the lines, I couldn't ever understand what he was saying. And he says, perfect, a pure paragon. Mm. And so I had to look that up because I couldn't tell what he was saying in the first place. And I don't know <laughs> what he was referring to with a paragon. So right. for all you people out there that never knew what he was saying, a paragon is a person or thing regarded as a perfect example of a particular quality, a person or thing viewed as a model of excellence. So he's saying that Gaston is a perfect model of excellence. I never really knew what paragon was until the last couple years, but I always kind of just imagined it was like a Greek god statue. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that, but kind of works. Yeah, that kind of works. Sounds Greekish and, uh, you know, the image. There you go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's what he's saying. In case you were wondering, now you know. Uh, the next note I have is that we start to get a good look at some of the trophies that he was bragging to Belle about. And there are some weird ones. You know, he's got some deer. He's got a bear head. It looks like he has a bald eagle head, an owl, some kind of little rodent like a raccoon or something which it's probably not a raccoon because they didn't have raccoons in france or europe Aww. at that time but on the left side of the room there is a giant rabbit head it what? is i mean it's as big as the the eagle head as big as the owl head a little bigger than the owl head but it's a rabbit pretty clearly it's a rabbit but it's got to be huge like like a really big rabbit so i thought that was kind of funny giant rabbit head then there's like a boar and some like deerish looking curved elk or I don't know what I don't know my animals like that. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But he hunts a lot of stuff. I, I thought it was funny that they have the bald eagle and, and the rabbit in there. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. That rabbit head is like the same size as the owl head. Exactly. And owls are pretty big. Like there are some small ones. Maybe it's a hair, not just a rabbit. Uh, I don't know what the difference is, but either way... That's a really big head. I mean, it, okay. It's mounted on the beam, and assuming yeah. that their building standards are at least comparable to what we have now, that's probably <laughs> at least like six to eight to ten or twelve inches, but let's say at least eight inches. So you've got a rabbit head, like the skull of it is like eight inches. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge. That's really And probably big. these beams are a lot bigger. That's really big. So <sighs> it was probably the rabbit from uh, Monty Python. <laughs> what? You said Monty Python, right? Well, like a long, long time ago. There's like a, I don't remember exactly the scene, so I butchered if I try to get it exactly. But there's a scene where you've got all these knights and they're in their castle or whatever. And there's this ferocious rabbit like guarding the cave they have to go into, I think. <laughs> and they're like, it's just a little rabbit. And it ends up like tearing several people like oh my from gosh. <laughs> so. I believe that was also in France, but that's probably the rabbit that Gaston has on the wall. That's he, so funny. He took he care the of it for them. Python. One thing that I was wondering is uh, the part in the song where LeFou is Ask Any Tom, Dick, or Stanley. Mm -hmm. Are those their real names or is that just like a phrase that he's using? 
I have had the same question for the longest time. Like, I was like, is that what their names are? I don't think I mean, that's like a common phrase to just like, hey, Tom, Dick, and Stanley. So I think, well, I think either- isn't Tom, Dick, and Harry a common phrase? That sounds true, possibly. I think the common phrase is any Tom, Dick, or Harry, but hmm. Disney obviously changed the last one to Stanley. Yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't know about that. I don't know either. And if they did change it, why? Hmm. We but, need to do some more digging. Yeah, I guess for the purposes and sleuth of, it out. of now, we can say that's Tom, Dick, and Stanley, which is good because the same guys keep showing up. I know. These same four guys are the main bros in the tavern, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. So we have uh, Thomas the short one with like the the day growth on his face. The cart driver? It is. Okay. It's TJ Detweiler. TJ, Tom, <gasps> TJ. Wow. <gasps> so we got a good old TJ. <laughs> and Dick is the guy with one tooth. Uh-huh. And like the, the sailor shirt. And Stanley's the, the big hairy looking guy. Yeah. What's that other guy's name? Uh, you want me to make one up? <laughs> yeah, we should come up with a name for him. Man, Dick has a snaggle tooth. Yeah, that's. I was gonna call him one all oh, one tooth, but uh, but oh, now he's nice dick. All <laughs> one tooth. Uh, the other guy, uh, he looks kind of like a wizard. He's got like a pointy white beard or gray beard and hair and big old nose. Oh, do you know who he looks like? Hmm. If you look at his profile, he looks like uh oh, what's that guy's name on the Little Mermaid? The snobby guy who's supposed to be taking care of the prince and is always telling him, "Don't do this, don't do that." Ooh, I don't know what his name is. But do you I know, know who I'm talking, talking about, about though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I guess I need to rewatch it. Yeah, but his nose shape and also his hair color and shape look like that guy. They do. Why do they grab him and like swing him around? Because he just jumped on their heads. Oh. Well, how come they're not beating him up? They're just like swinging him. Literally. I always thought that uh that they were, you know, building up momentum to like throw him <laughs> and hurt him. They never do though, do they? Well, they don't in this minute. <laughs> they don't in this minute. But yeah, I was you know, it always seemed like, hey, that'd be kind of fun. That doesn't seem like a punishment for jumping on somebody's head. I know, right? I never even connected the two, that that was why they grabbed him. <laughs> See how observant I was as a child, or even now. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jesse Cordy, though. Just want to go back to him for a second, the voice actor for LeFou. I think his singing in this song, the whole song, is fantastic because... He has created this voice that is specifically LeFou. And he carries the voice into the singing without making the singing ugly, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I think that he's supremely talented for that. And his um, vibrato on the word on is actually really good. It's not... It's not like too fast or too slow because if the vibrato is too fast or too slow, it's not pleasant to listen to. Mm-hmm. But it still like sounds like the character of LeFou. It's I was just so impressed with that. Just want to point that out. Good job, Jesse Cordy. I mean, like I said, this is one of the songs that I love, and I guess I love like most of the songs in this movie. 
but this is one that that I really like. And so I agree, he does an awesome job. Um, but to answer your question, we are going to call the, the the fourth guy there. I looked it up. <laughs> Sir Grimsby. Sir Grimsby. Grimsby? Grimsby. 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 With a B. Like with a boy. B-Y. Grimsby. <laughs> or Grimsby? Grimsby, I think. Though. Grimsby. I think it's Grimsby. Grimsby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Oh, happy Monday, everyone. <laughs> they call him Grim and Grimsby. And apparently he's a sir. So, yeah. Hmm. He's uh, Eric's right-hand man, I guess. Caretaker and confidant. Grimby. That's easier to say. Oh, yeah. Grim. Yeah, it does have... Grimby. Uh, Grimby. Kind of like... But it has an S. Kind of like Gumby. <laughs> so we have TJ, Dick, Stanley, and Grimsby. Or if you're like me, you can call him Grimby. <laughs> I feel like Dick and Stanley are hard ones to remember. They're not as catchy as yeah. TJ and Grimby. <laughs> <laughs> I had a note on uh, when they start swinging him, and this is uh, kind of you know at the very end of our minute. They uh, they pick him up and they start swinging him because they're angry at him. They don't look very angry though. Well, the first time they jump around, that he jumps around on their heads, they're just kind well, of surprised. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes back and starts jumping on them again, and there are definitely some angry faces and some clenched fists. This is true. Right before they grab him, and right at the end of this minute, they start swinging him, and they go back, and then. They go back again, and they never come forward. They just like go back twice, and I and watched it. And then they it. come forward. Yeah, and, th- and then they come forward. But I watched it like several times, frame by frame, <laughs> trying to go really slow, and they never came forward. And it, I always kind of noticed it. But I really noticed it today, and it really bugged me until I remembered that. And here's a plug for another podcast in the Rocketeer Minute episode three. If you don't listen to the Rocketeer Minute. Head over to Rocketeer Minute. I think it's rocketeerminute.com. I'll put it in the show notes. But check that out. It's a great podcast about the Rocketeer. Do the same thing we're doing here. But in episode three, they have Tom... I'm going to butcher this. I think it's Tom Gyre. Tom Gyre or Tom Geyer. And he is a music guy that does music for, for trailers and movies and stuff. And they had him in talking about the music in the Rocketeer. But one of the things he said was that it's really hard when you're doing a score for a movie because you have to write it based on what they film, but then they like edit it. And so they edit out parts and it changes the tempo. So you have to be like really good at like changing the tempo and cutting out chunks and still making it flow and making it like convey the emotion of the movie. And I don't think that's as big an issue with animation. But, you know, when when you're doing a movie with actors, you can't control everything. But I think that's what happened here where they swing back twice is that it was Hmm. a little bit longer having them swing forward. And then they must have had to cut something out to to just make the flow of it all work. And so they had to just have him swinging backwards twice without going forwards at all. Huh. I always just thought they were just building up. They're just building up momentum. Yeah, I guess that's the best word I can think (laughs) of. But there was another word, but I can't think of it. But it's like you're building and building and it's kind of like the, uh, what's it called? The dubstep thing where it like builds and then all of a sudden it drops after like sustained. And you're like, okay, (laughs) when, when exactly is it going to drop? And then it drops. Maybe it's something like that. I, I guess so, but they didn't really, like, they go back, and it looks like they're back all the way. And, and know, then they go they back have more, to go up forward. higher. Yeah, but they they just end up going, and they, I don't know. I, don't I know. guess that never bothered me. <laughs> yeah. 
it's, it's definitely a small little thing. Most of you probably never noticed it, but there it is. That's my theory on it. They had to, they had to do some cutting to make everything fit with the music and such. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, I guess one of the last things on what they're talking about here, the last line that we get in this minute is LeFou saying, I think no one's big like Gaston. Yeah. <laughs> and literally said no one's big like Gaston, but that is not what I hear. Like I tried listening to it several times and that is never the thing that I heard out of it. It always sounded like no one's been like Gaston, maybe. So, I don't know. Uh, no one's been and no one will be. Yeah. So, so I don't know if they changed the words or they didn't pronounce them right. Or maybe I'm just really, really bad at understanding what people are saying in songs. <laughs> which, if you ask my wife, she will tell you that is true. I, I work. Um, I work in a kitchen. And... We have this huge fan that runs because our oven that we use, our main oven that we use, has um, it uses steam and stuff. And so if you don't have the fan running, the water will condense and it'll get moldy and gross. So you have to run the fan. Well, when that fan is running, I cannot hear a single thing. And someone will be five feet away from me and ask me something. I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> Can't hear you. <sighs> Ugh. Hearing. Yeah, it's hard stuff. Hard stuff. Well, that's pretty much all I've got for this minute. Okay. Well, my last note is uh, just that I like how in this song, in particular, they bring in a lot of accordion. And it just gives it kind of like a different feel. I don't know if we, I guess it makes it feel more French. I think uh, mm. French music has accordions in it and stuff. That sounds I like right. the accordion a lot. I do. I do as well. Mm-hmm. So I like that they brought that in. And then it comes in and out during the song. But I, th- I think it gives it a very, you know, kind of a, a playful and and fun feel to the song without feeling cheesy. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So that's all I have for this minute. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for joining us today. We've had a great time talking about minute 26 with you and hope that you have a great Monday and that you tune in the rest of this week. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Beastly Minute. You can also find us at growlermedia.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us through email, you can email Bobby at growlermedia.com as well. And a new and exciting announcement. Well, I guess at this point it won't be new and exciting because of the lag Um, (laughs) but something that's fairly new if you haven't found it and checked it out yet be sure to head over to facebook and we have started a listeners group called uh, beauty and the beast what is it called beauty and the beastly Beastly minute listeners library the listeners library the listeners library i like that so that's a group we started on facebook where you can go and uh, we'll post stuff there but we hope that a lot of you go and post stuff there and it's a lot easier to have conversations about theories and ideas and things that are happening in the minutes there so we're hoping to have a lot of interaction with y'all uh because it's fun (laughs) yeah obviously we like talking about this stuff or we wouldn't be doing it every day i don't know do you really like it I do. I do. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that's a lot of beauty in the beast. But then I get into it. I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, I love it. So until tomorrow, even while taking your lumps, I forgot to talk about lumps. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about lumps on the group, everyone. Don't forget (laughs) to talk about what it means even when taking your lumps. Until next time, no one bites like Gaston. Our theme music is by Duo Hansen.
something is really different. I'm a growler. I'm keeping your bones.